Welcome to the Reading Teachers Playbook, a podcast for upper elementary reading teachers. I'm your host, Eva Mireles, and here we will talk about all things reading instruction, time management, and mindset. Being an upper elementary reading teacher comes with a unique set of challenges. You are tasked with helping students understand text on a deep level, preparing them for their state assessment, and remediating non-readers, all while trying not to turn students off of reading altogether. You need a playbook of ideas that helps you meet the needs of all your readers and gives you tips that you can use today. I am here to be your teaching bestie, encouraging you to step out of your comfort zone and hold you accountable for the things you said you wanted to try. Together, we can cut through the noise of all things reading instruction and help you figure out what your students need most right now. Episode 68, how do I incorporate best literacy practices in science and social studies? The goal of this episode is to give you tangible tools for embedding evidence-based literacy instruction into your science and social studies content. Welcome to this episode of the Reading Teacher's Playbook. Before we jump into the episode, I wanna take a moment to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast and for allowing me to walk alongside you as you grow as a literacy teacher. I consider it an honor to be one of your teaching besties. The best relationships though have an equal measure of give and take. I give to you by taking time to bring these episodes to you and you give to to me and yourself by listening and taking action on what you've heard. Another way that you can give back is by taking time to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps more people find the podcast, which in turn helps me to support even more people. Okay, now let's jump into the reason you are here, which is to get some actionable tips that will help you help your students. This is the second episode in our Literacy Across Content Areas mini-series. In the last episode, we talked about we talked all about what it means to be literate, why literacy instruction is everyone's problem and what students need in order to become proficient readers. In today's episode, we will tackle how to embed evidence-based literacy instruction into our science and social studies block. Let's start by recapping what students need in order to be proficient readers. In order for students to be proficient readers, they need to be able to decode words accurately and automatically, read connected text with appropriate fluency, understand vocabulary and know what to do when they don't, make meaning of text and know what to do if it breaks down, be motivated to continue. This recap serves as the what of what needs to be embedded into your science and social studies block. I'm not saying that all components need to be present, but part of our time together today will help you identify which components are going to give you the highest leverage and opportunities to practice in these content areas. So before we begin with my recommendations, I wanna take a moment and think about your science and social studies block through this lens. I want you to ask yourself, which components have you already inadvertently worked on with your students? Which have you already seamlessly worked in? I'm asking this because oftentimes in education, we are working from a deficit model of what is missing or what are we are not doing. As you have experienced, this mindset does very little to motivate us. It actually depletes us and keeps us stuck. So if I had to guess, some of the areas that you are already working on during science and social studies are reading connected text with appropriate fluency, 
you are doing this when you read the text aloud to students and have them follow along. This, I mean, believe it or not, is considered a research-based approach for modeling fluency. It's also considered a research-based approach for students to work on their fluency. Another way that you're probably already embedding evidence-based practices into your reading block is helping students understand vocabulary and know what to do when they don't. You are doing this when you preview academic vocabulary with students and talk about the definitions in advance so that students are better able to decode them, decode those words, and know what they mean. The next part of becoming a proficient reader that you're probably already working on is make meaning of text and know what to do if meaning breaks down. You are doing this when you chunk the text and help students think about what they have read so far. You are also doing this when you have them answer the comprehension questions, um, then mainly because these questions require students to go back and reread a text in order to be able to answer the questions. Repeated reading is a research-based approach to help students both with fluency and comprehension. The next part you're probably already working on, the next component is being motivated to continue. You do this when you connect what they read about to a hands-on lab experience in science or a project that they need to complete in social studies. Let's recap. We talked about what students need to become proficient readers and named which areas you were already working on during your science and social studies block and how. Now let's talk about why it is important to embed evidence-based literacy practices into our science and social, study, social studies block. In our last episode, we defined being literate as the ability to read, write, speak, and understand in a way that allows someone to function in their everyday life. We also talked about the fact that a student's life does not start when they graduate high school, meaning that there, are cert there is a certain level of functional literacy required of them in their everyday life right now. This is, is one of our number one whys behind embedding evidence-based literacy instruction into our science and social studies block. Students need to be able to learn the content. Their ability to learn the content partially depends on their ability to read and understand it. They need explicit instruction in how to do this. Another reason that we need to embed evidence-based literacy instruction into science and social studies is because students need to learn the background knowledge that these content areas provide. Studies show that a student's ability to make meaning hinges on the knowledge they bring with them to the text. We often call this a student's schema. It used to be believed that the primary way to build this, is build this for students was through experiences. Experiences like family vacations that took you to extravagant places. While there's no doubt that getting out of our traditional environments and experiencing new environments is enriching, this perspective embraces a deficit mindset. Why, you may ask? Because what happens to those students whose parents can't afford to give their students those experiences? Are their li lives somehow lacking? Do they just miss out on this necessary tool in their toolbox because they didn't get to go on a family vacation? Well, of course not. That's where your science and social studies block comes into play and why you should not skip teaching it today. These are the content areas where the focus shifts from learning to read to reading to learn. These are the content areas where students are exposed to content area vocabulary that they won't necessarily learn at any other point in the day. 
It's where they will learn about historical facts, analyze science theories, and read a variety of biographies about people who made an impact on our world. This knowledge base will impact their ability to read and understand nonfiction text as well as fiction text. Which leads us to the third reason to embed evidence-based literacy instruction into your science and social studies block, and that is because it's an organic environment to embed a variety of nonfiction text. In addition to being exposed to expository text, they will also have the opportunity to read narrative nonfiction text. Although no one loves textbooks, they are one way to embed this time of reading into your day without scouring the internet for it. In addition, they have the opportunity to for repeated exposure to this text type that can be used as a precursor for an accompanying science lab or social studies project. Let's recap. We talked about the three reasons that you should embed science, sorry, embed evidence-based literacy instruction into your science and social studies block. The three reasons were one, students need explicit instruction on how to read and understand the text they read in science and social studies so that they can learn the content. Two, in order to help them build background knowledge that they need. And three, in order to learn how to navigate nonfiction texts. Now that we've talked about the what and why of embedding evidence-based literacy practices into your science and social studies block, let's talk about how to do this. In order to do this, we are going to revisit the components that students need in order to be proficient readers. Then I will address some ways that you can embed this into your science and social studies block. Please keep in mind that I am not suggesting that you try to embed all of these at once. My vision would be, my vision for you would be to see what suggestions are made here. And then based on your unique classroom and their needs, incorporating them in tandem with what you are already doing in your liter literacy block. Let's start with the first one, which is a student's ability to decode words accurately and automatically. By the time students reach third grade, they are entering the realm of multisyllabic words. They are also encountering words that contain Latin and Greek roots. Being aware of these two facts will help you help your students proficiently decode academic vocabulary. One way to embed explicit decoding instruction is to look at those content area-specific vocabulary words and think about how to teach students to either apply syllable division skills to them and or morphology. Here's an example word from a third grade science curriculum like magnetism. You can teach students how to first label the vowels into the, in the first syllable, and then have them label the consonants, find a side where to divide the word. The word magnetism would be divided into three syllables, mag-net-ism. You could also discuss which syllables are closed versus open and why. You may not feel like you have time to do this with all of the words that students will encounter, so reserve this practice for what you think will be the most challenging for them to decode. This will do two things. One, help them decode this word. Two, see the transfer of skills they are learning in word study to another content area and how it applies there as well. Now let's talk about the second component that students need to become proficient readers, which is to read connected text with appropriate fluency. Earlier, we talked about how you may already be modeling appropriate fluency to students and how that approach of you reading and them, and them following along is a research-based approach. Let's add to our toolbox, though, by taking, uh, talking about 
one way to elevate this to incorporate choral reading. This is where the teacher sets the pace and students match it. You could also engage in repeated readings of a passage so that you could model appropriate phrasing, rate, and expression by reading it aloud to them and having them follow along, and then have students practice multiple times on their own or with a partner. You could also incorporate the same passage into your RLA small group strategy group that is also working on fluency. Remember the goal of fluency is to read with accuracy, appropriate rate, and expression. It's not about how fast students read. The third component that students need in order to become proficient readers is to understand vocabulary and know what to do when they don't. Earlier we talked about how previewing vocabulary that they will encounter in the text is one way that you are already providing evidence-based instruction in this area. Another way would be to provide students opportunities to turn and talk about what they have learned using sentence stems that include the academic vocabulary. This goes a step beyond traditional flashcards because it requires students to internalize the meaning of the words and use them in a meaningful way in dialogue or in conversation. The fourth component that students need in order to become proficient readers is to make meaning of text and know what to do if it breaks down. Earlier we mentioned how you are doing this already when you chunk text and help students think about what they have learned so far. One way to elevate this is to have students monitor their comprehension on sticky notes. You could start by modeling using the I do, we do, you do model and have them write the who and what of what they read for each paragraph. The goal would be to transition them to be able to do this across topics or headings so that they are able to summarize what they read across multiple paragraphs. Being able to do this will help them to hang on to what they read better because studies show that writing what, you, what we learned helps us to better internalize it. The fifth component students need in order to become proficient readers is to be motivated to continue and know when to ask for help. Earlier we mentioned how having students engage in science labs and meaningful projects helps students connect what they read in science and social studies and keeps them motivated to stay engaged. Another way to help students in this area is to model when meaning breaks down for you and what you do when it happens. In addition to modeling how to re-engage with the text, <clears throat> oftentimes students think or feel like they are the only ones that struggle in this area. You modeling what this looks like for you will not only help normalize it, it will also give them tools to use when it happens to them. Let's recap. In this section, we talked about how to embed evidence-based literacy practices into your science and social studies block. They were, one, use academic vocabulary to reinforce syllable division skills in order to help students decode those words. Two, have students engage in choral reading of text or repeated readings with a partner in order to work on appropriate fluency. Three, have students engage in turn and talk opportunities that include student sentence stems, as this will give them authentic opportunities to use vocabulary and context, thereby deepening their understanding. Four, help students become proficient at monitoring their comprehension by modeling how to go from paragraph level understanding to section level understanding. And five, help students stay motivated by modeling how you tackle breakdowns in meaning. In this episode, we talked about the what, the why, and the how of embedding evidence-based practices into your science and social studies block. 
In the next episode, we will talk about the what, the why, and the how of weaving evidence into evidence-based instruction into your math into your math block. If you are needing one-on-one support for yourself or you are wanting me to support your campus, book a discovery call. The link will be in the show notes or go to www.evamirelas.com and click on the work with me tab. Until next time. Thank you for taking a page from the Reading Teacher's Playbook. If this episode resonated with you, please take the time to rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes so others can find it too. And take a screenshot of this episode and tag me at Miss Eva Mirelas on Instagram. Check the show notes for any links mentioned and hit subscribe so you don't miss a play from the Reading Teacher's Playbook. See you in the next episode. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode.